We welcome you to episode 32 of Batten and Chatting here on the Eastern Observer. Alongside Dennis Tui, I'm Brandon Natale. Now, before we get started, please hit that subscribe button on the button bill on you. Um, please hit that subscribe button on YouTube to be kept in on the loop on everything Eastern Observer and most importantly, Batten and Chatting. Our show can be found on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts can be found. Our show is also presented to you by Black Cats NYC. Be sure to download the newest newest hit single, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us, which can be found wherever music is found, whether that's Spotify, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Satellite Radio, and many others. Dennis, how are you doing tonight on this fine uh, night? Hanging in there. Doing all right. I miss baseball. I miss baseball. I just saw the uh, – oh, I got to get this cat's name, man. This is not a good way to start the program. But uh, did you see the guy from Venezuela? That pitched a no hitter in the um, Latin American Championship, no, or playoffs or whatever the tournament, the tournament. Venezuela baseball player throws no hitter. Oh man, I sent it to myself. Here Our we first, go, yeah. Angel Padron, first Cuban ser- Caribbean series no hitter since 1952. Would you like me to read you about it? Go ahead. Later, Later. The Caribbean series began 75 years. This is from Manny Rantawa. They're at Lone Depot Park. Hey, I was there around this time last year. The Caribbean series began 75 years ago on Wednesday night. Oh, on Wednesday night, something transpired that only occurred once in the history of the tournament. A no-hitter in a 9-0 route of Nicaragua at Lone Depot Park, Venezuela's Angel Padron not only tossed a shutout, but he didn't yield a single hit. The last pitcher to finish off a no-hitter in the Caribbean series was Tommy Fine for Cuba on February 21st, 1952 versus Venezuela. The 26-year-old left-hander has spent five seasons in the Red Sox farm system in 2015 to 2019, struck out four, and the only barrier standing between him and perfection on this night was the walk he issued in the eighth inning. Whoa. He needed, dang, he needed just 88 pitches, 57 of which were strikes. So he isn't that the Maddox below 90 in a complete game or something like that? Padron, Padron had more than enough run support from Venezuela's lineup. Ramon Flores opened the scoring with a two-run single in the floor, the, the fourth inning. The fourth inning. Jeez. And Alcides Escobar. Hey. Mm-hmm. Ground ball that resulted in a fourth inning double play brought in Venezuela's third run. In the seventh inning, Jose Tovar doubled in another to make it 4 0. His name is familiar. He's on the mid twins, isn't he? Venezuela rally. All right. This is the breakdown of the game. Um, Yeah, man. This is cool. Good for him. Now, do you. It's it's hard to to watch here. I think they have it on ESPN Plus, or they did at one point. Do you follow the Caribbean series news at all? Or I see it as I get it. I don't. I got to be honest with you. I don't usually seek it out. You know, I'm a hopes guy. So mm. this time of year, I'm occupied. But uh, yeah, man, this is cool, man. This is really cool. Yeah, I'd say so. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, that's pretty cool info. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if under MLB they have. I doubt that. But, uh, yeah, I guess not. That's I doubt that, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to see if under like the MLB blurb they would have it, but I guess I'd have to go to MLB.com more information on it about games schedule things like that mm. but i keep seeing people post about it on social media mm. but also i shockingly i follow a ton of baseball accounts so i guess that would explain also why i'm seeing it more than other people but still not like following it enough right so i mean i think it's cool man I yeah. always like, you know how I am with international tournaments and stuff like that. I get all. Oh, yeah. You are like, at the World Baseball Classic. I get so squirrely with it. I really do. 
Uh, must I, have been I, I was recently rereading the piece I had written about my time in Miami for the Eastern Observer website. And um, I, like it kind of like made me excited again reading yeah. it. So good for him, no, I, man. Yeah. Hopefully no, he gets another gig in the in the bigs or in the minor leagues. 26, that's young, bro. Who's that? Um Padron, the pitcher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't say it said he was in the Red Sox farm system from uh, 15 to 19. He's only tw- he's only 26. I the math there, I gotta be honest, the math there is kind of throwing me for a loop, but I'm not exactly a savant to begin with in that regard. Because <laughs> I mean that's only what he was what 17 when he got drafted, I guess. Oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. But still, he, he didn't get another shot after that. He threw a no hitter. You know somebody somewhere is gonna say, maybe just bring this cat in. So yeah, another should bring him. I know the Mets could use him. Oh, well, I certainly know the Yankees could use him. We have three yeah, starting no, no. pitchers. We, well, you guys got Stroman. You guys got Cole, Cortez, you know, Cortez. I mean, so he else. would fill that fifth spot. I mean, you know, not trying I mean, to. I wish we could kept yeah, Michael. Not Kelly. trying to. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the show. Um, not trying to. Um. Rip it. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to riz up the Yankees rotation, but you know, they got a good rotation. And that's coming from a Met fan. Yeah, I mean <sighs> The problem is what could they have done? Like people are saying, well, Corbin Burns, but they wanted Spencer Jones. I'm not I, I can't give up the farm. For two rentals in Juan Soto and Corbin Burns, bro. I can't. Right. It's got to be reasonable. The Brewers are not going to re-sign him. He went to the Orioles. Do you really think they're going to re-sign him? New ownership group, new owner syndrome. I get all that. But realistically, he's going to go to free agency anyway. Mm, Why yeah, not? That- you have a better chance, and you get to keep the peace. It's you, Like I just said, I'm a hoops guy. So it's like the Carmelo Anthony thing. Him going to the Knicks was the dumbest thing he ever did as a professional basketball player. Dumbest thing he ever did. He should have waited. Instead of forcing his way out, he should have had a little bit of patience and played out three months. Mm. All the depth the Knicks had that made them a lucrative spot, they spent to get him. So it's the same thing with the Yankees. Yes, we have Juan Soto, but we gave up Michael King. Yeah, I I remember with the Mellow trade, I remember they traded Raymond Felton and uh, Bellant. Uh, Benlin- Bellinari? Danilo Gallinari? Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari. Is he still in the league? Did he retire? He's he's a, a an alley cat, man. He always shows up. I, I don't know if he's probably on a team somewhere, maybe on like a a 10-day contract. Or he's, he's somewhere all the time. And I think the last time I checked, he was on the Celtics. But I don't okay. know if that was from this year or they cut him at some point. I have no idea. Okay. You can better cut him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, could the Yankees have used him? Maybe. But at the same time, is it worth giving up pieces of the farm? And that's the thing, you know. I feel like the Mets have done a good job of building up the farm system where, I mean, if they could make a trade, they they could. I don't know why, they, you know, I mean, I don't know why David Stearns didn't have a say in trying to get Corbin Burns over here due to his connection with, you know, the Brewers. That's interesting, you know. I think the same thing for you guys applies to the Yankees. I think given his relationship with Corbin, first of all, I don't think it's a good relationship with Corbin Burns. That's one. Two, um, if they did have a good relationship in free agency, you're more likely to get him. Mm. He's not going to re-sign. He'd kind of be crazy not to go to free agency and see if he can get more. Right. Unfortunately, as would Juan Soto. Hmm. Realistically, if you're that caliber player, you should always go to free agency as much as you can. Right. Ideally. However, 
in, in that kind of s- scenario, first of all, I don't know if the Brewers, the Mets piece of it, and then we'll actually talk about the team that did get Corbin Burns, the Orioles. The Mets piece to it, I don't know if the Mets would want, if the Brewers would want to trade with the Mets after losing Stearns. That I don't know. Some teams that could be, yeah, that could they be get a little squirrely like that. I also don't know if Corbin Burns and Stearns got mm. along. They never offered him a contract, something that mm. Burns was extremely vocal about, much more so than other players in baseball. Certainly for you know the wonder bread that is Major League Baseball, where mm. guys just don't say anything of personality, mm. and. uh he, they lost, and I don't. I forget if Stearns was still in charge at the time, but he lost an arbitration and wasn't mad, livid about it, and was very vocal about that. So I, I don't, once again, like, if I'm a Met fan and I'm thinking that he can sway Corbin Burns, it's definitely a coin toss. Like, it doesn't seem like the Brewers and Corbin Burns, like, I the vibe I got, and this isn't being reported or anything like that. And I'm not plugged in. The vibe I got just reading reports and hearing MLB Network and the fixins. I kind of get the vibe that if the the Brewers called Corbin Burns up about a contract in the free agency, they'd get left off the phone. It did not seem like he enjoyed it. They also should have extended him. But what are you gonna do? <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Mm. Same thing. I, I thought they were crazy for letting Woodrow. Oh, whatever. I'm sick and tired of these teams just not putting in an effort to keep their guys. I'm over it. Yeah, it goes the same with the Mets and Pete Alonso. You know, I know that David Stearns keeps saying, you know, like he's going to be our first baseman. Tr- you know, trusted. You know, it's he's a priority for the team. Well, you know. I mean, if he was a priority, he would have been locked up by now. But then again, at the same time, I think he, it's going to go the same way it happened to Aaron Judge, where, you know, Aaron Judge, he took a chance. He t- took a gamble on his on a season. You know, it wasn't until, you know, I remember they offered seven years, $213 million. He's like, nope, I'm worth more than that. And, you know, he cashed in. He had one of the best seasons ever for a, a, like for a hitting player, you know, and it worked off. So I think maybe that's what Pete's trying to do. He's trying to gamble the season and try to get more. He's probably trying to get more than what he thinks he's worth. And so we'll see. I don't know how it's going to go. It's if that's going to be the case, then it's likely he might get traded at the deadline, which I don't want to see, but you know, I don't think Pete understands that's might how it's going to go because I don't think the Mets are going to want to, I don't think they're going to like the idea of, of, you know, you waiting all season and then you just walk without them getting nothing. It's like what ha- what happened to the Islanders with Javaris. You know, Javaris said, no, I'm going to stay with the team and all that. Then, nope, he went back to his hometown in Toronto, which, hey, good for him. But, hey, kind of screwed over the franchise a little bit. That's wasn't right. You know what I'm trying to say, Dennis? Well, if you want to talk about hockey, I, you want to talk about screwing over a fan base. I'm a Devils <laughs> fan, and we lost Ilya Kovalchuk because he wanted to go play in Russia after we paid Ilya Kovalchuk incorrectly got fined for it, lost draft picks, and lost Zach Parise because the money we were going to give to him, we gave to Ilya Kovalchuk, who went to Russia. And then when he came back to the NHL, played for the team that beat us in the finals. So screw you, Ilya Kovalchuk. If you're listening to this, screw you. (laughs) Could you imagine being a 12-year-old kid? You're just getting into this league. You're just getting into this team. The team just made the finals. You're stoked. League goes into lockout. One of your favorite players gets... Goes to another team, goes to the wild, and Zach Parise. Mm. And your second favorite player, Kovalchuk, they resign and then he says, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to show up after you have to give up draft picks because of tampering or whatever because of the lockout. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. 12 year old Dennis, not happy. Not mm. happy. Wait, was, was Zach Parise, was he an Islander? Yeah. You guys just traded him. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. You guys didn't resign him. He just got picked up by the Avalanche. He just played his first day, uh, game for the Avalanche Monday night. It's crazy. I remember that player. I know the Islanders had a good game tonight, so it's got a little for them. All right, but anyway, it's back to baseball. So, uh, but yeah, no, poor you with the. Uh, yeah, that took us. That burn. derailed us. But I. But either way, but you, you know, hockey sure contracts always or, make me shiver a little bit because of that nonsense with Ilya. Kovacic. Yeah, any 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 sports business, any sports business, whether it's baseball or it's 
hockey, as you you alluded to. It's you know it's unfortunately the games nowadays in the sports world it became more of a business. You know, it's either and I get it. You know, hey, get paid. You know, get your money's worth. You know, get get what you're worth. You know, but it's stuff at the same time. You know, some franchises. You know, it's they're gonna do what they think is best for the team, or some might be cheap. AKA John Fisher and not going to want to, you know, sign you back if I'm, if I'm correct. And the so thing, you know, oh, continue. And it's just, you know, but it's just, it's just interesting, you know, I mean, cause especially with football, everything, you know, if you're not paying me, then what's the point of me playing? You know, that's kind of how it is. You know, it's different when that's why I feel like college sometimes is more big because it's like, basically, you know, young students, um, young, yeah, young athletes who like are playing for, um, you know, who, not playing well. I was going to say they were weren't playing for money. Now they are in a way, but I feel like they kind of more have a passion because they're not getting the lucrative type money. Yeah, you know I mean, like when I mean young, I mean these are young college athletes who, like I said, you know, they might yeah, not be getting paid the top just... dollar that they are in the NFL. You know, or now it's a circus. Other... But now with the NLI deals, they they sort of have a way, which hey, good for them. You know, hey. But I don't know. That's just that's just my yeah. thoughts on that. What are you gonna say? Even even when they're like a fourth or fifth string on their team, and you're just trying to do a local radio interview, and you have to pay six hundred dollars. Stop. And I didn't have to go there. You went there. I, I was say I was, any names, yeah. schools, positions. Just say, I hope he's doing well. You, no, I hope he's no. I hope he's doing nice well guy. too. Yeah. But, oh yeah, I hope he's doing well though too. Yeah. He's aging, you know. Right, but anyways. Well, just saying, man. I know, no, I know. Trust me, no. I, I'm right there. I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Trust oh, me. Oh, I know, I know. But uh, listen, like, I, <laughs> I'm pro player, but uh, and I don't like how the teams and the leagues, the commissioners, everybody always say it's a business, and the second the players say it's a business, they get told to f off, and it's hard for the regular fans to understand that. Because for the regular fans, we would kill to still be playing and whatnot. Because we're not good enough to do it. Mm. And it sucks because the people you live vicariously through make decisions you wouldn't. But that's the problem when you live vicariously through something. So it's like I I totally get guys going for the money they can get. Mm. As a fan, was I pissed off that we didn't sign Judge for an Atlanta Braves contract, which once again, I understand the um, gentlemen's establishments in Atlanta have a reputation. They must have some blackmail on their players. Good golly, Miss Molly. How are those guys are getting away with those contracts is beyond me. I mean, they're signing for a freaking, what's big down there? A, a freaking Bojangles gift card. It's, unreal, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like they're getting away with murder. And everybody's like the Dodgers, the Dodgers, the Dodgers. Like, bro, kid won Rookie of the Year. They signed him for like ten bucks. What? Yeah. You know, uh, like, but when a player says, "I'm going to hold out," everybody's, "Oh, this guy's a diva." This guy's. So I get it. And listen, I get Corbin Burns and Josh Donaldson in the past, and other players who went to arbitration and lost. Just outright saying, like, you know what? Screw you. You know, like, I get it. Because the whole point of arbitration is I have to argue that you're wrong. You're not worth this amount of money. You can't meet in the middle. One side's right, one side's wrong. Yeah, I was going to say. It's a broken system. But that's what it is. And it's not fair. It's not fair to the players. But... I guess you could say a lot is not fair with baseball and how they treat their players, but they have a strong union and that's what they, they got to argue for. Yes. It is what it is, but listen, man, like I said, the teams in the leagues always say it's a business. It's a business. And the second the players do something about it, they don't like it. Yeah. No, Alonzo and even Soto get all the money that they desire. And if they want to take less to stay in New York, or in Baltimore, or if things in Milwaukee do get smoothed over and he wants to go back at some point, whatever the case may be, I hope you figure it out. I hope whatever your happiness is, mutually, mm. you guys can find that happiness. However, 
I don't like how some teams actively don't spend money. That I have, mm. you know, the I've said it on every episode. It's like the free space on the bat and chat and bingo. <laughs> that I just I get sick of it. Like the teams like the Marlins that blew up two World Series teams in '97 and '03. Yeah, teams like the A's. That's like a it's a, 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 laugh, a literal laughing stock that we'll get to in a bit because they're in the news. Yeah, you know it's. And I'm glad to see that the Orioles are making moves, especially with this new ownership. That hopefully they can, you know, even if they don't keep Corbin Burns and he doesn't torture the NL, the AL East, you know, that'd be nice. But if they spend money to get players and are active and whatever, because I, I kind of like the way the NFL has gone, where it's uh, going into opening day, you don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl. Because. Realistically, 20 teams are good enough to make the playoffs. And that's that's fine. That's great. Even the same thing with the NBA. Going into the NBA this year, only four teams you really think are out. 26 are still in. Right. So like, that's fun. Baseball, I don't want to hear anything about market size. It's do right by your players, man. It's not hard to keep your guys happy. I guess I was going to say, even if you – like offer an extension that's unrealistic for the guy to accept at least put in an effort but then i'm thinking that might piss him off even more but at least make an attempt as you you'll be more plugged in than i would have the Mets made an attempt at extending alonzo i believe they've they've offered him the contract i think it's the more the years they're worried about so it's that's really it. I think they're on the same page in terms of the money, but at the same, I I don't think it's it's the years that I think get get to them. You know, I don't know if it's where he wants to stay for like five years. They want to give him nine. I think it's he wants maybe like an eight or nine year deal. Maybe they want like a, maybe like a. They're not on the same page on that. Maybe mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Now I remember when Judge, I remember. He was fighting his arbitration case. I remember we went to the game when he walked it off. Yeah. That Astros, and I remember the next day, I think it was one of the very next couple of days, he, he signed for arbitration. Like he won that case. If I'm correct. Arbitration is tricky because I don't understand. I would love to, to get like interview somebody from like the MLBPA or something like that to understand more of the economics of it. If I had a Aaron Judge type talent or a Juan Soto type talent in arbitration, you're out of your mind if you don't think I'm going to throw that arbitration. Whoever I'm sending in there, hey, listen, do the job for us, brother. You know, just if you win this arbitration, you're going to have some problems. Lose it, like throw it. And I understand somebody will say, well, that's wrong and that's collusion and that's whatever. Collusions in every sport. I mean, just look at the teams that tried to sign Lamar Jackson in the offseason. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, if you don't want to tell me that's not collusion, I don't know. You know in baseball, they got sued for that in the 80s. I don't know if you ever read up on that. What's that? Robin Yount and Paul Molitor. No, I don't know if it was Robin Yount was involved, but Paul, Paul Molitor took the Brewers to the cleaners, man. They, they, I think it went to a, like a federal Supreme Court or something like that. He sued oh them God. for collusion, and he he won. <laughs> Paul Bolador, I think, is doing good for himself financially. Let me just put it to you that way. Took Bud Selig to the cleaners, but Corbin Burns did get traded. Do you want to hear what it was for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's all it's got to real ten different times, and uh, that's a heck of an ad to see right now. But uh, yeah, I'll, I don't understand why I'm on ESPN.com and a uh, lingerie ad is on my uh, computer. But um, yeah, mm. I'm not complaining. And uh, yeah, so this is the Corbin Burns trade. Corbin Burns was traded to the Baltimore Orioles for uh, some prospects and a draft pick. Rare. You don't see this often. You do not see this often. Trade. No, you don't know. Um, CBS Sports, they're really viable. He got, um, here we go. 
Baltimore Orioles acquired Cy Young winning righty Corbin Burns in a blockbuster trade with the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers will receive two young players in shortstop Joey Ortiz and left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall, as well as a competitive balanced round draft pick in July's draft. So basically, the teams that suck get a draft pick, and the teams that don't suck don't get this draft pick in this round. But if you do suck and you don't want to have that draft pick, you can trade that I'm sorry I sucked draft pick. Okay. That's how it works. Explained to you by me. So, Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> hopefully that's not too confusing. Uh, I went this route instead of the teaching route for a reason, folks. But either way, uh, just looking at the trade, it's definitely um, the Orioles. I feel like they definitely changed a lot of their perspective from like the way they've been viewed in the pa- over the span of like two seasons, which is remarkable in my opinion. I feel like it's so quick for – I know we asked Gene Larkin this, but like – you know, I feel like it's definitely quicker to rebuild. I feel like it's definitely quicker to rebuild in baseball than it is in. I mean, I don't know. Like, if you have the right GM, the right organization, the right, and like you hit on your picks or play, you know, players you draft, you develop in the farm system, or you sign players in free agency, you hit on those players. Like, it's, it's like you you can go back to relevancy. You know what I mean? I mean, look at Texas. I think it takes a perfect storm. For Which I, what quick. I just alluded to. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think that it's unrealistic for teams to be thinking of that kind of. Um, wow. Okay. Hold on. I have something on the Orioles, but um, it's not like breaking news or anything. The, the issue with what you're saying is that you're absolutely right. But like many things in economics or politics or society, whatever you want to say, in theory, you're absolutely right. In the execution, it's very rarely going to happen. Ideally, the way teams are supposed to be ran is I guess... Almost similar, similar, not the same to like the trickle down theory of economics, right? Of you give money to the rich, that money will be recycled to those that work for them, whatever, right? Very people will pick it apart or whatever. That is the very like core kind of explain to me like a kindergartner way of saying it. The problem is teams that go over the luxury tax in baseball, that money gets recirculated back to teams that don't. Fine. The teams that don't don't spend it. The A's don't spend it. The Guardians don't spend it. I was just talking to this about the Guardians with a coworker earlier today. Teams don't spend it. However, when you have a team like the Padres that struggle for a while, at one point the Dodgers and other teams or whatever that struggle for a while, they can save that money up. And the teams, as you alluded to, that do do that, rebuild a lot quicker than the teams that don't, the A's. Right. Or the Marlins, whoever you want to throw in there. So the Rangers, combining the fact that basically all these owners are billionaires, and they're bad that they got the draft picks, they put them together. The same way that an NBA team does, the same way that NHL teams do, the same way that NFL teams do. NFL, the thing that's different from that is you, your team is made up of three separate teams, offense, defense, special teams. So it's hard to balance and juggle that. So that's why it takes a while. Well, if you don't have a quarterback, you know what I mean? Baseball, it's easier to do it because if you're like the Rangers and you have – Guys that are almost big league ready, Evan Carter, Jonah Heim, guys like that, you can call them up early because you're buying veterans to stop gap. This is what the Yankees have done forever. This is the Yankees playbook to a T. In the 90s, we have Bernie Williams. We drafted this Derek Jeter kid. We drafted this Jorge Posada kid. We drafted this Andy Pettit kid. They, all those guys, except from Jeter, were late-round picks. Uh, I'm not sure about Bernie, but Jorge and Andy were very late-round picks. 
but we're still bringing in David Cohn. We're still bringing in Jimmy Key. We're still bringing in Paul O'Neill. So that's the way that model that the Yankees did is the same model that the Rangers did. And it's the model that historically dating back a hundred years, just about always works in baseball. The problem is owners that look at it like a business and have no real passion, no understanding of the fans don't get that. And when they don't get that, they don't spend the money. They don't make the, the calamity for the success. And that's the problem. But it, so that's why I'm glad to see that the Orioles made a big move like this. Now we have another team sitting down at the table with the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, now the Mets, now the sure. Padres in the past probably wouldn't have been there. Other teams that are the quote unquote big market teams, the Cardinals are small market, smallest market in the league. People don't like to say that. They are. And always spend a lot of money. The Cubs. And it kind of spreads the wealth. So I'm glad. I'm really, I, I, I'm honestly, it's like bittersweet for me. It's my opponent. It's the Orioles that got Corbin Burns. But I'm glad that we're seeing a team do their model. Young guys, Jackson Holiday, Jorge Mateo, yeah. Matt Brash. A lot of young dudes, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman. And now you're bringing in the, the hired guns. 100 years, this is said that this is the formula that's worked. And guess what? I don't care what the analytics people say, your whatever gibberish stat acronym you want to throw out at me. This model will also work 100 years from today. It will always work. If you have the care, the money, and you have the skill, the developing and drafting, and you put it together, the output should be winning. Even if it's not a World Series. Even if it's not a World Series. As a Yankee fan, am I mad that we haven't won a World Series since 2009? Yeah. Am I disappointed? A little bit. Can I be like pissed off that we haven't? No, it's unrealistic to think. <laughs> right. The Mariners just made the playoffs for the first time in 20 years, two years ago, or a year ago, whatever. So it's you have to be reasonable. I like it. I like it for them. I'm once again, I'm mad that it's my opponent, but what are you going to do? I think this makes the Orioles the favorite in the American League. According to Caesar Sportsbook, they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, fifth, thirty-sixth, okay. sixth favorites behind the Rangers, the Astros. The Yankees, the Braves, the Dodgers, and just ahead of the Phillies, Blue Jays, and Cubs to win the World Series. Okay. Not much of a gambler. It's at plus 1,200. Orioles. If I was a gambler, I would say that doesn't seem too unreasonable to me. They got a lot of dude. Their their freaking team is stacked. They are yeah, stacked. What happened though in, in the first round with Texas? Like, did did they were just inexperienced and not you know? That's a good question. And this is the part of the game that numbers and analytics, despite them trying to justify their jobs, can't explain. It's not about the X's and O's, Brandon. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. Hit it where they ain't. Whatever you want to say to get you through the night, basically, to get the... At some point, it really does come down to, and I saw it a lot as a Yankee fan as a kid, my team is just winners. It's why Derek Jeter is a near-unanimous Hall of Famer. It's why Mariano Rivera is a unanimous Hall of Famer. There's just some guys that are better at winning. When it matters most, you have to elevate your field of play. You can sit there and say, like Derek Jeter said in the Captain documentary, you can sit. I'm coming off of such a Yankee shield tonight, but uh, you can say yeah, that it's say, just damn. Derek Jeter said this. You can say that it's just a regular game. It's not just a regular game. 
And that's the problem. When teams, this was big with the A's, and why they haven't won since the 80s. Teams keep saying that what you can control everything until you get to the playoffs, then it's a crapshoot. Brandon, it's a crapshoot? I'd say so. If I have a bunch of guys and I'm in the playoffs that are hitting 250 with a league average OPS plus, and I'm going up against four all MLB caliber players or all-star caliber players and five guys that are worse than the rest of my lineup, but those guys are significantly better than my guys, that's a crapshoot. Oh, by the way, they also have loaded pitching. Oh, and their manager already won three World Series, coached in four. There are teams that that this goes into it. You yeah. put winners together. I don't get it in baseball. This is the way we talk about it in hockey. This is the way we talk about it in the NBA, certainly, ad nauseum. This is the way we talk about it in football. For some reason... We've gotten so far from baseball that we haven't just admitted that you play to win the game. <laughs> was it Jim Mora? Mora? Um, no, that's uh, Herm Edwards of the New York Jets. Oh, right. I always get him in playoffs confused. Playoffs? Playoffs? Are you talking <laughs> about playoffs? You kidding me? But, um, yeah, that's... You play to win the game, Brandon. That's just that's what right. It is. I remember, yeah, that's right. Hello, <laughs> dude. I'm so mad we don't get coach press conferences like that anymore. The early 2000s was really a wild time in America. Oh, 100%. Oh, especially more in, more in more football, in sp- if anything. I don't feel like baseball, you really don't get a. I know Terry Collins, but the Mets used to get pretty frisky. I'm in the jackpot here. You're at the game, right? You're at the jackpot game with Syndergaard threw at Utley. I was at that game, yeah. I saw I'm that in the right, jackpot right, here. right in front of me. I was thinking about. I think I was thinking about that today. A lot of people give the umpire a lot of credit because of how he handled that. Like the one that's mic'd up. Yeah. For how he handled that, I give him credit. I feel bad for Terry. I mean, at the same time, I remember just seeing Terry. Like I remember seeing everything from a distance because I was on the. Uh, I was the first base. I was in the right field, like uh, or right field, like by the first baseline. That's kind of where I was. Um, I just remember seeing him going nuts. The whole stadium was ready to charge the like. Like I said, I'm not advocating for violence, but like I said, their whole stadium was ready to charge the field. And just angry at the fact that just you know what happened. I remember just listening to. I remember seeing the replay of like just the video. You remember seeing Rene Rivera who was catching. He's in shock. Like he's just automatically like arguing with the umpire. Like, like, like I, I would have too. Like, like, hey, like you know what's going on? Like you know, and you hear, you see Neil Walker who's kind of like you know like shouldn't there be a warning before like anything? And, and it's true. Like it's just nope. You're out of the game. And you know I was I was at that game, but um, that's more of like an in like an ejection. I'm talking like uh like an ejection from the game. I'm this more. I, I remember Terry Collins used to go nuts in the press conferences. I remember when Wilma oh. Flores got traded. I remember he was like he remember he went off in, on the media, and then I remember when the Mets were kind of having a bad year in 2016, like not a bad year, but like they were in a slump and they kind of needed a fire. And that's the thing about Terry Collins. Anytime like the he gave his team a fire or a spark, like they needed this team needed a fire or a spark, he was that guy to give it. You know, and the Mets had the talent to do it. He just he was the guy to push them. You know. Yeah, and that's a part of it. Like the Rangers at times, it's not like they they catwalked their way to the World Series. No, they had a horrifically, historically bad bullpen. They had struggles. They had injuries. Like they had moments where their season was on the brink. But that's why you bring in Bruce Bochy. It's why you spend the money for these guys, man. And speaking of not spending money, the A's. Oh, ouch. The mayor of Las Vegas comes out yeah. and says, the A's, I don't want you. Now, technically, I looked into it. The stadium, the proposed stadium, would be in another county or city, something like that. 
So really her opinion means squat. But from a social perspective, the mayor of the biggest city in the state, you know that's turning ads. Right. I you know how I feel about this. I don't want the A's to move out of Oakland. I don't. I don't I don't especially think anybody, with that anybody does. Poor owner, that bad owner in charge of the team. Come off as anti-owner, really not. Just anti-unfairness. Right. What are you going to do? But uh, yeah, this is the new news in that regard. Um, This is interesting. So, Rob Manford, league commissioner, says he will be disappointed if A's Vegas Stadium not open by 2028. Um, I I would be disappointed if we didn't open that stadium opening day 2028. Said Thursday from the owners' meetings, in terms of an interim home from 25 to 28, I'm I'm comfortable with where they are in the process. It's not like we don't know where they'll be in 24. They're doing a good job of exploring them and finding the best possible opportunity. So I've made my opinions very clear, although not in a while. So a, a brief catch up for the listeners and viewers. I don't think that we should keep rewarding bad owners with taxpayer money. 100%. I also don't think that it's a stadium that's been dilapidated since the 80s. And we spoke to this about Gene Larkin. You spoke with this about this with Gene Larkin. Virginia. Yeah. That he said that he didn't like playing there. This and by the way, this is uh if you guys are on YouTube, you guys could check out our primetime rundown interview with Gene Larkin. Yes. And the like he, he talked about how he didn't like playing there. Every single player talked about how much they hated playing there. A couple of years ago, there was sewage in the dugouts. There's possums, dead possums. Yeah. raccoons or squirrels, something like that, in the Mets broadcast booth when they were there earlier this year. This year. They put in zero effort to avoid this. No renovations, no basic renovations. I think they got something. I, I don't know enough about this to, to really be married to it or go into details or even pretend to. But I guess there was a big earthquake in 2014 and they got some kind of something for it. Where the money meant, where the money went, Lord only knows. <laughs> what I do know is this team's entire culture has been bailed on being cheap for 25 years. Yeah. I mean, look at Moneyball. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I guess you can sit there and say it's a small market team. Even though that's like saying that the New York Rangers are a big market team, but the Islanders aren't. Actually, it's even worse than saying that because San Fran and Oakland are closer than the Islanders stadium and the Rangers. Right. So it's it's, it's even worse than that. And I think that it's unfair that the Giants blocked the A's from going to San, uh, San Jose after the A's gave the location of Oracle Park to the Giants. They conceded that. I just, I'm at wait, this, this was, point. Wait, I'm this confused. was back then when going to San Jose. This is back in the nineties. The this goes back far, man. The Giants had financial issues and they're trying to get a new stadium going or whatever. Eventually, they go to Candlestick. The when they're making Oracle Park where they are now, the the A's technically their territory was that. I don't know how they cut up. This is your spot. This is our spot for rights, uh, TV rights, and deals and relocation space, things like that, renovation space. That I have no idea about. But supposedly, from what I read, the Giants and A's came to an agreement where the A's gave up the Giants' land, basically. Said, yeah, you can build here. You have our... You're okay by us. 
<laughs> and supposedly when the A's went to go to San Jose at some point in the mid 2000s or late 2000s or something like that, I think this was when Reggie Jackson was trying to buy the team, but I forget. The Giants blocked it. So there's a lot of villains on a lot of sides here. Like the A's at some point, the, the Fisher family did try to keep the team in that region. So it's not as cut and dry. And of course, we saw this. This is a big hockey episode. But you and I saw this with the Islanders. Local politicians got involved, right? And uh, stuff gets awry. But it's... I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. My thoughts are I'm getting a headache. And anytime I see uh, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletics say anything about this, he says he's... Very doubtful this team goes to Vegas. But uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. What are your opinions on it? Yeah, no, I think it's definitely crazy. I know that definitely turned a lot of heads when the mayor said that. And I know she actually retracted on her comments and she actually posted something on social media. I wish I had the photo of it. I would have gotten, I would have brought it up for us. I think, you know, they definitely should stay in Oakland. Obviously, they have a lot of history there. And I mean, I don't know how they. Out of yeah, I get it. I'd never seen org ownership so cheap where they can't just do renovations to the stadium. You know, maybe like do what the Mets and the Yankees did, where the Yankees played at Shea Stadium for a couple years, and then go to go back to the you know to Yankee Stadium until it was fully done. You know, I don't know why they just don't. You know, I don't know why they the A's haven't maybe worked something out with the Giants when they could have something like that. You know, um, it's it sucks. It's tough. I can't imagine Oakland is is a dying sports town. They lost the Raiders. Golden State's not even really there. Like they're, you know, the Warriors. They're somewhere else technically. You know, yeah, what I mean? they're like, in Francisco. Right. You know, and just you know, just hearing you know the news. Obviously, that you know they didn't go to San Jose back then. It's tough. I feel for the fans because you know they don't deserve this. It, like I said, it's a lot of history in Oakland. So it's literally. I think they said it's literally third or fourth oldest ball, ballpark. Around. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Obviously, Wrigley and Fenway are all this dirt. But that doesn't surprise me. I think it was probably open in like the 50s or 60s, I'd imagine. Right. Oakland Coliseum. It's crazy. And I know the uh, the Jets played there, too. Old-fashioned Jet games. Oh, well, yeah, like the Raiders. The Raiders I remember Raiders when I was there. there. Just year, a few years ago, if you were watching... This is always funny. If you're watching a Raiders game... There'd be a baseball diamond on the field. Yeah, because that's where that's why I want to say the Jet games playing on there because the Jets have a lot of history playing the Raiders at that ballpark, uh, at the ballpark, <laughs> at the Coliseum. Rock. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, ah, that's just my thoughts on it. I just I feel for the fans and it sucks. I mean, Vegas. I think her concern was that it was going to cause a lot of congestion around the Strip, which they don't want. But then you said it's gonna go. It's not even gonna be around this trip, the Vegas trip. Yeah, I I heard something, but like I, technically, the Vegas trip is not in where you would think it is. Like, listen, man, I don't want to get into the weeds of geography. I don't think I'd have to. But it seems like the actual geography of the way things are laid out is important to it. Um, uh, it's confusing. And another thing, this is, to me, the big reason if I was an owner, I'd be hesitant. A cheap owner in a tourist town, that's not going to end well. You're not going to draw a crowd. If you Did you see? We went over this weeks ago, but we've been doing this for 32 weeks. Wow. Time flies. But uh, we were talking about like the estimated projection of attendance at some point. You want to talk about pie in the sky? I could go to nightclubs. I could go to casinos. I could go to concerts. I could go to this, that, the other. The entire city is built on being a tourist trap. I'm going to want to go to a baseball team, a baseball game for a team who doesn't have any star players, doesn't have a draw. Why? Oh, oh, Brandon, I forgot. Let me hear it. It's also Las Vegas in the summertime. What are they thinking? 
you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I do. I do. It doesn't check any box. The Raiders, a national team, right? They, there's fan Raider fans everywhere. If, just spitballing. What teams do you think would be more popular than the Raiders in the NFL nationally? Not too many. They, their fans, the reputation was that they traveled decently well. One of the worst attending teams since they moved to Vegas. Now, the Golden Knights, that was their own thing. It came up. I, I think also maturity for some pro, for some players. I don't want some 19, 20-year-old kid coming up and having to be, you know, babysat in freaking Las Vegas. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a different world there. Hookers aren't legal in New York. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. There a lot of stuff is different in Las Vegas than it is out here. Gambling. Let me underpay my players, which baseball is known to do, and certainly this owner in a city where not gambling's not legal, Brandon. It's not just encouraged, it's literally shoved down your throat everywhere you go. Yeah. Somebody had to be the adult in the room and say, I understand you owners like going there for perhaps some extracurriculars or whatever you like doing in Vegas. So people said, Vegas, yeah, sure, that will work. Somebody should have been the adult in the room for the owners and said, this is a stupid idea. This is not going to end well. This formula is very bad. The Super Bowl is in Vegas. <laughs> I feel like that was, the, that was like sh- an NFL dream for a long time, the fact that it's in Vegas. You know what I mean? Well, it's... I'm shocked that, you know, like the uh, the Simpsons, the days without accident. I can't mm. believe we're this close to the Super Bowl without some kind of a problem. Aside from the bad practice field and something about a, a fire alarm going off in the 49ers hotel or whatever. Right. But you know what I mean by problems. Like that guy, from I forget who his name was from the Falcons. What was it 95, 97 when, when they went to the Super Bowl and got like creamed? The guy got arrested. He got caught with um, professionals before the Super Bowl. Which, what year is this? The year the Falcons went to the Super Bowl in the 90s. Oh, the 1998 to 99. Yeah. The 99, 98 and 99 season. The Jets should have been in it, but oh well, they suck. Yeah, I forgot the name of the player, but he was like a veteran on the team and was like telling everybody that like, hey, you know, let's be focused, let's be ready. And then he's the one that gets caught with. I I don't know if it was just an affair or like I said, if it was a professional, but what a bucket of bolts. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that's topical. Um, you guys uh, got I guess uh, one thing one thing I wanted to ask you I don't know I was talking about it at work out of all the sports teams in New York sure whether it's baseball baseball football hockey or even basketball do you think which team do you think is capable of winning the championship like bringing home a championship first. to New York what winning a championship first like but yeah but like the next coming years I think the Knicks are coming out of the Eastern Conference. I think they should be the favorites to come out of the East, especially after the trade deadline. This is a baseball show. I won't get into the weeds. I think the, the Knicks, if you're a Knicks fan, you should not have been happier than you were maybe in like 1999 when they actually went to the finals. Yeah, a very optimistic time if you're a Knicks fan. I'm a Suns fan, and I have been for a while. I'm not a front runner. I covered the Suns last year, so I'm not saying this. I have no dog in the fight. The Knicks are an extremely talented team. And they've also kind of been a thorn in the side of the Celtics lately or who they're catching. And anytime Jalen Brunson has played uh, Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs, he has smoked him. Smoked him and put a little barbecue sauce on him. Mm. It is, it's been brutal. Anytime they played each other in the postseason, dating back to the whole Dallas Utah piece. So if you're a Knicks fan, Buy stock. 
my stock in the Knicks, man. They gotta. Oh, I almost dropped my glasses. Mm. The um, the Knicks. Uh, if I'm ranking, I'd go Knicks, Rangers, Yankees. From there on out, it's kind of a crapshoot. I was hoping it would be my Devils, but they're not New from York New York. Market. New York market, but yeah. uh, this year has not been it for us. But Jack Hughes is coming back soon. If he's not back already, casual. Oh, but I'm I'm also I'm just I'm excited for baseball to come back. I think I'm ready for it. I am too. So let me ask you something. Let me hear. Your Mets. What are you? Where are you guys? How do you feel? Do you think that you guys are missing things? I would like them sign J.D. Martinez. That that would be fill up the line. They're really not on paper. They're really not that bad. I feel like I feel like the bullpen's kind of a little slept on. They've added some depth. They had some. They have some good pieces. I like the moves they made. They haven't made a big splashy move and made they don't need to. We have the you know the farm system and they signed some decent players. I'd like them to sign JD Martinez. They have some bats, you know, Harrison Bader, yeah, obviously Pete Alonso and Marte and a Nemo and Lindor, you name it, they got it. Alvarez hopefully is gonna come into his own this year. He had a decent rookie year. Now he's hopefully gonna come into his own. Um now, if they can sign J.D. Martinez, I'd be great for the D.H. spot. They don't need to worry about that. That was the big question mark last year was who's, who's going to be in the D.H. And so, you know, hopefully J.D. could fill that spot. They, they said they're nowhere near a deal, but hopefully that changes soon. I would love for them to get J.D. Martinez. Dennis, That's that would be amazing. Well, you know, that was my pick from before when the play, like the free agency started. My pick was J.D. to set it on here. So I would like I would love that for you guys. I like I want to see a Subway series. I was born July fifteenth of two thousand, so I didn't. I was a, you know a little infant. I didn't watch the World Series that year. But my dream is to see a, a New York Yankees Mets World Series, and I think JD Martinez would help you guys get there. I guys, you guys just signed uh, Chintaro Fujinami, who was with yeah. the Orioles and A's last year, deceptively high ERA. Uh, the A's. Oh my God, they use that that poor kid as a sacrificial lamb. Oh, Jesus, they, they, did you? I, you know, I like religiously during baseball season, I have MLB Network on twenty four seven while working on stuff. So I would watch it, and I would see the A's games, and they would use him as an opener. But if he did bad, they would leave him in. If he did well, they'd take him out. He went to the the Orioles and. There were signs of improvement, like instantly. Yeah, who would have thought a change of environment from that being told basically, like we're gonna lose to you know a team that's like trying to help him improve and whatnot. He's twenty nine. Uh, time's not on his side. He was in Japan for a while. Very wild pitcher, but the stuff is there, man. He's a high nineties, low hundreds thrower. He's got an arm. It's just it's a matter of getting that kind of control. But I like David Stearns is an excellent track record with pitching, and I like that for you guys. An effectively wild pitcher. I trust the coaches and stuff like that, the development staff, whatever, whoever he wants to bring in. I really trust that with you guys. Those are the kinds of people you don't see headlines about. But that's those are the guys that make the difference. So... I kind of yeah. like that you guys are taking cheap flyers on relievers, especially this year. It's house money. You're not better than the Braves. You're not better than the Phillies. You want to be, no matter what you did this offseason. I think I you guys are about on par with the Nationals. I think the Nationals are going to have a good season. And I think you might be a little better than the Marlins. I think the Marlins. In true Marlins fashion, the year after they make the playoffs, they always take a drastic step back. I think that's going to happen again. So I think you guys are in a pretty decent spot moving forward. But yeah, an extra bat, J.D. Martinez or somebody. Especially J.D. Martinez, man, he's like a player coach. You hear guys talk about playing with him and how much they learn from him. That's very valuable, especially for a younger team. Brett Beatty, Alvarez, yeah, other dudes, a right-handed contact hitter to maybe... Even though he's an older dude, you don't think of him as needing mentoring, but Pete Alonzo, you know, changed the approach a bit and worry more about like contact and not always trying to hit a home run. I don't know. 
I'm not a coach, yeah. but kind of, you know, the captain of the team is obviously Lindor. We know that, but the leader of the team could be someone different. Hmm. Could be JD. All right, but I think uh, you think that wraps up the show. Um. Yeah, I don't got too much else. The Yankees did a trade with the uh, Dodgers. We got a a reliever. I don't really see anything. I'm I'm checking. Oh, Clayton Kershaw went back to the Dodgers. Wow, I'm shocked. Gobsmacked. Hmm. Jock Peterson went to the Diamondbacks. I didn't see that. David Robertson went to the Rangers. Reese Hoskins went to the Brewers on a two-year, $34 million deal. Love that for the Brewers. I like Reese Hoskins. There's still something left there. Tore's something in his leg, but he's a hitter. What do you need that for, right? We need that for. No, but uh, I like that, man. I think going into last year, he was one of those guys, if you look at his 22 and his entire career, the shift really punished him. So I'm curious to see how he's going to do without that. Right. And, uh, Good, good signing for them. That's what I'm talking about. Teams making, you know, moves for them. The Mariners made like a thousand little moves. We'll see how that pays off. Gallo to the Nationals, Stevenson to the Angels, and Hater to the Astros. I think that's where we left off. So yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, be sure to check out our event website at www.easternobserver.com for the latest news in the world of baseball and so much more. We thank you for joining us on another edition of Bad and Chatting for my co-host Dennis Tui and the entire Blackjack Media Group team. I'm Brandon Talley saying so long and we'll see you next time.